Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Guys, I have some exciting news. Talking Metal is now going to be sponsored. These are small sponsorships, so we would still appreciate you using all the previous forms of supporting us like the Amazon links and the PayPal donations. We, we still, we still want all that stuff. We don't want that to end, but we are going to have sponsors. So right now we're going to get into it. Today's episode is sponsored by satellite TV, 855-271-MY-TV. That's the number you need to call. Again, that's 855 855- 271-6988. It's digital satellite TV. If you have cable now and you're sick of the way cable has been treating you uh, with the quality, with the bills, it's time to go to digital satellite TV. Again, 855-271-MY-TV. Get a free four-room system, free DVR or HD upgrade, a free professional installation, 100% digital picture and sound, Plans are under $20 a month. Stop, pause, and rewind with live TV. I mean, that's freaking awesome. When you're watching your the sporting game, you want to zip back, or your kid cries and you miss, you know, 10 minutes of breaking bad and you go back in this in front of the TV, you just freaking rewind it. Catch up, man. That's that's freaking awesome. I love that. You can even skip over commercials. You don't have to buy any equipment. Discover the satellite TV difference. Call toll-free using the 855 number. Again, 855-271-MY-TV. If you are interested in advertising on Talking Metal, you need to check out PodLexing. The web address is podlexing.com, P-O-D-L-E-X-I-N-G.com. They'll get your commercial placed on Talking Metal and also a bunch of other cool podcasts. So check out the site, podlexing.com, and go get yourself some satellite TV by calling 855-271-6988. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Zach Wild, Black Label Society. We're all doing a hang, and we're talking metal. 
Hey, it's John Astronomy. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. I'm here with Mark Striegel at our usual hunt, Starbucks. <laughs> That's really metal, guys. That's super metal. I'm kidding. Hey, guys, we got a great show for you tonight. We have the return of two Talking Metal family members, both great guitar players, Zach Wilde and Metal Mike Klaschuk. Yeah, so great to have both these guys back on the show. Metal Mike, I don't even know how many times he's been on the show, but Zach's been on at least three times, I'm going to say. Three times, I think. Maybe four. I'm not sure. Two great guys. It's awesome to connect with them again. Right now, let's get into a little mountain. One of the oldest, most original heavy metal tracks out there. This is Mississippi Queen. just heard was Mississippi Queen. Leslie West, of course, a lot of people consider him the first American heavy metal guitar player. I guess Hendrix could maybe fall into that, too. Uh, you know, it's debatable, but um, Leslie, Howard Stern's favorite guitar player and one of Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar players before uh, Jimi passed so many years ago. Leslie West, great. And Leslie recently lost his leg a few years ago uh, to, I guess, diabetes. I'm not sure about that. But we hope Leslie is doing well. We hope to talk with him soon on Talking Metal. We're going to get into our interview that we did with Metal Mike right now. We're going to play some Halford, and we're going to follow that up with an interview with Metal Mike, conducted by myself and Victor Ruiz. Here's a little Halford and Metal Mike. Yeah. 
Okay, and Metal Mike, are you there? Uh, yes, sir. Hey, Mike, it's Mark Striegel. How are you? What's up, Mark? Feel good. What's oh, happening? Not... Oh, we're excited to be talking to you. Victor, is everything running technically? Cool. Mike, thanks for calling in. We haven't spoken with you for a while on Talking Metal, and it's great to have you back. And we are so psyched because you got a new record out, and it sounds it sounds just awesome, man. I'm really, really digging it. Oh, thanks, man. No, no, I, you know, I always uh, I always think of you guys as as, uh, as my extended metal family, without uh, without any doubt, you know. So so it's uh, we had a chance to hook up and talk, man. I was just like completely up for it. So. But um, yeah, man. Thank you. Um, I'm glad. So you know, so far it's been. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I think uh, the the new album, the the Metal Worker, you know, took a good left hand swing on everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing that that I just loved about about it is when I put it on. You know, it kicks on with uh, the first track on Leather Wings. And it isn't like some crazy, like super fast, you know, Engve style riff. It's just this amazing guitar tone, you know. And 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 you play fat. You can play fast. You can do all the all the the melodic stuff too. But your tone, man, it just sounds. You, you captured this just insane guitar tone. And congratulations on that, because a lot of guitar players can play well, but they never get the tone thing down. And especially on, on album, they never get it down. What, uh, what, what were you playing with? Were you going like through different effects? Were you playing straight into Marshall's? What were you, what were you doing to get that sound? Yeah. You know, man, you know what? It's, um, first of all, it's completely, uh, it's, it's completely awesome that, um, that you picked up on that. I mean, of course you would, because I know, I know how, how you, how closely you listen to music but that that was the whole the the whole idea of the record you know first of all like that intro i didn't you know like i i hopefully by now people know i can play guitar you know so i don't need to i don't need to kind of open up a record and, and prove myself that i could play the latest arpeggios but and and then the, the beginning came off on leather wings because I also do feel that a lot of um, the productions on records these days, in a, in a, in the guitar department, they're very they're very cookie cutter, meaning that you could have a lot of different guitar players, but it all sounds the same. It's almost uh, you know an amp company comes on the market and everybody uses it, and it's all kind of sounding the same and very digital. And I said, well, I don't want to make records like that, you know, so. You know, because like when we grew up on on records, man, like when you put on Metallica's "Ride the Lightning" or, or you put on uh, British Steel or you put on, um, you know, Rust and Peace, those records had the aura around the guitars. Right. They, they were they were as distinct as the songs or the vocal lines, and that's the kind of music that that I'm interested in playing. You know more than the notes and more, more than putting out a record site because I'll have to go on tour in March. So, um, so, so yeah, that's the, I'm very, very, uh, uh, cautious of the, of the guitar sound, but yeah. it was just awesome. my Jackson guitars to my Marshall amps and it was very bare bones, you know? Yeah. And I think you can hear the Marshalls and the actual real amps as opposed to, yeah. you know, what so many people do, they plug through their sans amp and go directly into their computer. And, and you just, it's like, it's like you're saying, you just, 
you lose something when you do that. And uh, your album definitely proves that. So congratulations on that. And also, you know, the thing I was surprised when I first put on the record, I was like, oh, Metal Mike, he's a guitar player. You know, this is going to be entirely instrumental. And it's not. I, there was There's great vocals on not all the tracks, but a good majority of them have singing on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, initially I was going to do a record, so... I could do a, a six-song uh, release, and I could go into um, I could have material to go on and do guitar workshops and clinics and stuff. And um, then I came across uh, Carlos Zima, who um, who used to sing this band Outworld. And I mean, it's you know, singers like Carlos, they don't you know, like I know this this sounds cliche, but they don't come around you know every every day. You know, he's he's really a tremendous singer. And I said, oh man, well now I gotta have Carlos on this on this record because I'm not gonna let him go if I already know. And it's and it's wild, you know, because it's um, it's uh, it's different because my pain museum stuff, the vocals were uh, pretty harsh and brutal, and and this one, and on the metal worker, the music is just as heavy, if not heavier, but the vocal the vocals got a tiny bit more cleaner, actually a lot cleaner. So um, yeah, so it's um. I don't know, man. I just also really want. I also want to make a record that is very listenable, you know. So you could put in the first track, and before you know it, the record's over, and, and you heard it from like track one to the last one, you know. Right. Totally. Totally. Victor, you got you got any questions for Mike? Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. A lot of the things that you've already touched upon sort of segue into some of the questions uh, that I do have. Uh, I, I think your last point was very fair there that the album is almost like a, a musical soundscape where no two songs or no two tracks are alike. And, uh, you know, so many people nowadays, as you're saying, just throw in your typical, you know, sweeps for no reason whatsoever. But you could tell that everything was very well thought out. Everything was well placed. And it sounds as if the album was, was very organic when it was written. Uh, when it comes to doing the instrumental tracks as opposed to the vocal tracks, do you already set out with something in mind to say, you know what, I think this needs Carlos's vocals on it? Uh, or do you say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, shred on this one or I'm just going to do an instrumental track with this one? Um, you know what, it's, um, no, I, I mean, you, you're very right that the record's organic because uh, it was done you know, with, with, with my guitars and Marshalls and, you know, I don't like reamp my guitar sounds. You know, a lot of these guys would record a clean tone and the producer would run it through an amp. And I'm just like, dude, you know, it's just not, it's, <laughs> it's not how the greatest records of all time were made. So there's no need to reinvent the wheel on, on stuff like that. And, uh, but, you know, I, I just basically, if, you know, I sit down and, and I try to write uh, the best songs that I can. And it's basically, it's almost like a symphony of riffs. You know, I'll do one riff and I'll do another one and I'll do another one. It's all very riff based. And if the, if the collection of riffs I might have for a song, let's say, seem to be too busy or crazy to sing over, then I make that song an instrumental song. You know, if the riffs are a little more laid back and have more air, and, and I, or I could hear vocal melody, then maybe I'll adjust some of the other riffs around it that I'll write to make it more into a vocal song. But um, 
I never sit down and think I'm going to write a vocal song or not. You know, I, I let the, I let the music flow through, and then I sort of adjust it after it's all done. Okay, and is that sort of why you decided to make this a metal mic album as opposed to Pain Museum? You said you wanted to make something more listenable, but did you just start out writing tracks and say, you know what, I I don't think this is going to fit that mold, so I'm just going to make it uh, something completely different, something that's you know, under my name? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, you know, because I, originally I was going to make a record that, you know, is has no, had no vocals on it. So I initially started thinking just of my name. Um, and then when I uh, when I hooked up with Carlos Zima, you know, obviously he, uh, Carlos has no history with Pain Museum, so I just left it um, left it at that. And, you know, and, and, and in all fairness, I think people, fans, I guess, to some extent, associate my own, Solo, whatever metal mic brand, whatever that might be, it's it's a little more of a uh, more of a cleaner vocalist range, you know. So I just sort of kind of left it at that. And, and Pain Museum, you know, it's a little bit of a sleeping dog now, so I didn't really need to uh, need to go on that. With that said, man, it's funny because that Metal for Life record, you know, when when it came out people was a little bit scratching their heads. Like, the fans loved it, but people were like, well, we thought we were going to do a Halford-type record, and why are you going heavy, and, and this and that. But it's grown into a pretty cool cold-followed record by now, and uh, and somebody brought it up to my attention that next year is the 10th anniversary of it. So wow. it just kind of, yeah, it kind of blows your mind. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about maybe... Uh, I don't know, maybe doing something to coincide with that or maybe, maybe do some sort of a reissue with some extra songs on it, you know? That that means there's extra Pain Museum songs that you guys did that were never released? No, I would have to go in and do new stuff. Oh, okay. All right, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. So we know you from your great work with Rob Halford and uh, the stuff you did, of course, with Sebastian Bach also. Uh, have you heard from, from Rob lately? Uh, you know, I mean, we 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 stay in contact roughly here and there, but at the same time, I know when 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 Rob goes uh, goes back into uh, into the priest world or the working on a on a new new album and stuff, then it's it sort of is what it is, you know. I mean, we're we're on very friendly basis, and I've I've always got along really well with the metal god, you know. It's I don't know if it's because we're both from Europe or. I don't know. We share like a lot of the same interest of like World War II history and stuff like that, and um, so we stay in contact. But um, I haven't really uh, talked with him very, very recently. Um, I know he had that thing with his back, so I'm, I'm, I hope he's okay. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no. I was going to ask: Is there ever a case when you put a track out that someone like Rob Halford or when you worked with Sebastian Bach, where they say, "Wow, you know, I wish." we could have incorporated that song on my album or do you just approach each session differently depending on who you're working with? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know. Um, I, I, I think it comes along that my, my mind is plugged in into the type of environment I'm in at the time, you know. So if, if I get asked to to write songs for Rob, then I just basically write songs for rap. But, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I don't, I don't know, this has, has to do with being a craftsman of songs, but I don't adjust my playing 
as much to, to fit a vocalist, which is which is a double which is a good and a bad thing because in Halford the songs that I wrote, which you know, which let's say will be Cyberworld or or Golgotha, not not whole not full song, but most of it, you could tell they're just sort of like a metal mic style song. So I've never really tried to write of what Rob from Priest would sing on. Which is uh, which is a plus and a minus because right because then you have less input in the band if you can't write exactly for a vocalist, but you know it depends how if funny things happen because the song American Metalhead from um, from the Pay Museum's Metal for Life record, um, I, I initially brought that song into rehearsal for Halford's Crucible record. It didn't have the lyrics yet, um, and um, and Rob's management at the time threw the song away. They called it "Too Accepty," oh. and the song, yeah, and the song never, never made it onto uh, Crucible. So I but it did it make it onto, yeah. It did make it onto Metal for Life record, and and uh, you know that song was never put out as a single, but it, it, you know, it constantly gets played. You know, I know because I would get you know these these ask up statements from, and I would see like in Australia got a lot of play through some sort of a, you know, weird channel like that, like a. Uh, sports station and then you would have somebody like Sebastian Bach who lost the song and he, and we covered it on Sebastian's Angel Down record so you could see how a right. song gets rejected has a, has a life of its own and then gets covered by other artists you know yeah <laughs> that always that always reminded me like how you did that with Sebastian like how you know Billy Sheehan had that song Shy Boy with Talent, yeah. and then suddenly Roth uh, did a cover on it. It was the same exact thing with with uh, well, not the same exact thing, but a similar situation with uh, yeah. American Metalhead. Great song, by the way. I love both versions of that. You know, okay. I thought I thought Sebastian did a good job with the vocals on that too. It was, uh, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Cool. So a lot of people might not know that you actually do a lot of instruction and uh guidance to other guitar players uh here in new jersey and also in in a magazine so let's let's talk a little bit about that are you still doing the school of rock thing yeah you know i i i'm still um, pretty involved um with school of rock it, it's a very cool organization you know it really gives it gives 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 students a lot of ground that they can w- work on and and Support and it's amazing, man. The parents who bring those kids in uh, to study lessons—they're they're supportive, and you know, it's it's one of those things of like, hey, man, you know, I wish I had that when I was growing up, you know. Um, but um, I, I do, I do an annual uh, metal camp. Well, actually, I'm going to do one uh, the, in about a week and a half. We do this yearly camp where kids uh, between 12 and 18 fly in from all over the United States, and and they learn. Um, you know, guitar, bass, uh, drums, and vocals, and um, I have I have teachers there, and I run the camp, and then the kids get a chance to uh, perform with me on the last night because we'll basically put on um, put on a concert for uh, for their uh, for their uh, for the parents and sisters cool. and brothers. Yeah, it's completely awesome, man. I mean, imagine going leaving your house and going to study metal um, in upstate yeah. New York. You know, it's, oh, it's so awesome. so it's so great you know and then i do um a monthly column for uh guitar world magazine called metal for life and uh they told me it was the longest running uh column the magazine's ever had which is which is mind-blowing you know 
And, uh, we, yeah, we're man, it's crazy. I mean, we released two guitar DVDs. One of them is called Metal for Life, Mastering Heavy Metal. And the other one is 20 Essential Guitar Licks. And I do guitar workshops in New Jersey. It's crazy, man. I didn't know so many people wanted to play metal. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you about the guitar uh, world stuff. Now, I, I've seen, I haven't seen every single column that you've done, but I've seen some, and, and they've had like uh, videos, instructional videos that are kind of uh, attached to the column, if you will. Does that happen in every column, or is that just certain columns? You don't know. It's every, every column. Every column gets taped on video, and then um, you go to a Guitar World website, where they spotlight all the columns from every issue and you'll pick up the magazine you'll have the explanation and the music notation tablature what have you and then you'll uh, you'll go to the website and you could watch the video cool. so Excellent. um you know it, it's cool you know i i cover it's maybe not the right word to, to call it but i i cover the meat, meat and potatoes of, of heavy metal you know yeah so I won't be showing you like ten finger tapping or how to make a power chord, but the stuff in between. And uh, right. you know that's that's ninety five percent of people who play guitar. You know. Yeah. Yep. Putting these DVDs together and working with Guitar World has that helped maybe uh, with your playing or helped you sort of re envision some of the stuff that you had been doing? Well, it does because I have to I have to think through my playing and it, it reminds me of stuff and also makes me think of what I wanted to learn when I was, when I was a kid, you know? So, you know, great teachers are <laughs> great students again, you know? And uh, when they asked me to do it, I, I said, man, great. I'll do like three columns and that this is all I'm going to know. Cause you know, you never, you never, you know, I never thought of myself as a heavy metal guitar playing guru. You know, I just played guitar. And then, um, and then it hit with people, and I was like, "Man, now I need, I'm going to need more stuff." So, but luckily, it's been you know I've been having all those thoughts, uh, ideas that I've been putting together. So it does help, you know, when I have to break down an example in a really slow tempo, and I have to think of, well, what is exactly my left hand or right hand doing? How how what's the coordination? What's the subdivision of groups? So it really teaches you to break down your your stuff, you know. And if if you and if I have to play a really fast riff, really slow to a to a click, you know, I have to rethink what I'm doing, and then all all your um, any weaknesses will pop up, you know. So I I'm, I'm able to practice on some stuff. So it's been really beneficial. Now, Mike, you've done some, I guess, live gigs, which unfortunately uh, I was was not able to attend. But they, they, you have to tell me about them. They were with Jim Brewer, the guy most of us know from uh, Saturday Night Live, and he's also on Sirius Satellite Radio. Uh, How did you hook up with Jim, and what were these shows all about? You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty wild stuff. Like um, Jim, I think I did an interview on Jim's. Radio show Brood Unleashed on, on XM. I think I was actually with Rob. We we're doing some press, and then um, I, I roughly stayed in touch with Jim. And um, I got a call. He called me uh, not too long ago, and he's got this idea. It's almost like a production of, of this guy called the Metal Man. 
So you'll have, um, you know, you'll, you'll have Jim when, when the first half of the, of the presentation, when Jim comes out and tells us heavy metal stories about, you know, James Hetfield and Bible school and then, and how he used to hang out with Lars Orlick in, in Manhattan and all these crazy, funny stories. And then we'll do a musical part, which is where I come in, you know, and we'll, uh, there's some original songs, um, there's also some songs such as Bingo that's rewritten in in a heavy metal style that right. you know if twelve year old kids show up to this presentation they could dig it too you know because uh, you know we got everybody's saying they want to keep the metal alive well if we're gonna keep metal alive we have got to teach the kids about it <laughs> you know it's like yeah absolutely. <laughs> So I was like, oh, dude, I'm like, Jim, I don't want to play bingo, dude. Like, you know, I'm Metal Mike. Like, I'm not going to play bingo, <laughs> heavy metal style. So I was, right. I had a little bit of a struggle with it. But, you know, Jim is pretty sincere on his love for heavy metal, you know? Right. Yeah, you can um, tell that. You know, and I'm like, well, this guy's real. He's not, he, I, I, I don't dig the, the comedian, ha-ha, funny heavy metal guy, like, because because heavy metal is so close to my heart that, you know, I don't find it funny. Like I know right. a lot of, people I mean, you, I remember them. you telling me a long time ago, you don't, you don't find steel Panther too funny. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think steel Panther is funny. I mean, I, I think the the funny laughable way and I don't even care what, what they do, you know, uh, but when they use the word heavy metal attached to it, then it's sort of like, you know, no, <laughs> You guys are not heavy metal, you know. You right. might have been in heavy metal bands when you were eighteen, but you're not heavy metal. So I, I want them to, uh, I want them to leave uh, that particular word out of whatever they do. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? So I don't really, um, I don't do the whole heavy metal haha stuff. But but I, Jim is serious, and I'm like, you know what? You you so crazy that you're actually serious about what you're doing. But see, that's the reason why Hetfield or the Metal God dig Jim Brewer because they, they get that, you know, they, they get that, 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 that he's genuine. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'll do the bingo thing. So we did it and, and, uh, and, and people, people loved it. So, um, so it, it's been very cool, man. You know, it's different, you know, it's different for me. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't, um, obviously there are some bands that were always joined and any day of the week, but I don't really look at myself as a guy who is going to get a call in and I'm just going to go in and be a guitar player for hire in a band. So, so I could play somebody else's songs and, and help and help build other people's empires, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, if we're talking about Megadeth, Megadeth or Ozzy or, or Guns N' Roses, I'm there, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of picky. So I enjoy, dude, you don't know how much I love, sitting sitting in my office and thinking what kind of a workshop I'm going to do. And I know it's totally up to, up to me if I could get five people to attend or, or 12 people. And like the destiny is in my own hands, you know, and um, or, or whatever I want to do. But but with Jim, I, you know, I'm like, this is just so crazy enough that I, I'm, I'm down with it because it's, it's not a band. You know, it's, it's Jim Brewer and, and I get to do uh, whatever whatever I get to do. Uh, whatever Absolutely. I want to do. It's been very cool. But anyway, man, that, I know this is a long answer, but um, next year uh, we're, we are going to do a whole lot more of that. Okay. And um, and we're we're having some uh, some serious plans for next year to um, to take uh, the metal man on the road. 
Yeah, I've even heard, uh, I don't know if I should even uh, say this, but I've heard that there's some talk of, of turning it into a TV show. I don't think anything's finalized yet, but that would be cool. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what you're working with, Jim, on, but I heard he was talking with uh, TV networks about doing something. Yes, yes. Well, I can't comment on that, but, uh, uh, you know, because I don't know. It, it's not really my my part, but as far as uh, taking metal men on the road and, and, and – uh, and doing festivals and doing like a real touring with a release, you know, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Well, we will definitely be sure to check it out when you uh, do your next show in New Jersey. And uh, I was hanging out with John earlier and he sends his love. He misses you and he wants to come over and have drink some beers at your house. So hopefully uh, we can do that sometime soon. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah, we can. Cool. So, Mike, thanks so much for calling in. We're going to link your Facebook page. We're going to have links up to your site in the podcast version of this on TalkingMetal.com. The site, of course, is MetalMike.net. The new music is on iTunes. It sounds great. We're going to end with a song right now. Uh, What do you got queued up there, Victor? What are we going to play? M is for metal. Yeah. This one actually is an instrumental, and it's it's a great one. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's got... um... Catchy. Yeah, and it starts with a guitar riff that that kind of brings back. I don't know, man. I hate I hate to talk about backwards things or brings back, but you know you love what you love, you know, and, and you know the songs right. we love, and you have those guitar riffs that you're like, oh man, this is like the greatest thing ever, you know, just singing guitar, it's great great riffage, you know, and and that's what I'm missing too, man. I'm missing songs in today's world when there's guitar riffs and tones, you know what I'm saying? So. So man, I'm, I'm glad that you guys picked up on it, and I thank you so much for, uh, you know, for having my back on this. It means a lot. Yeah, it is a great record, guys. One of the strongest metal releases I've heard this year so far. It'll probably definitely be showing up on my top 20 at the year's end. And again, it's not just you know crazy guitar playing. It's just rich sounds, uh, heavy, <laughs> rich sounding guitars, and a lot of singing too, which is always. Uh, always refreshing and i think people relate to having a voice on 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 songs so definitely worth checking out this record and we will have links up in today's show notes again the record is called the metal worker and Mm -hmm. it is by metal mike thanks mike all right thank you guys i'll talk to you soon take care okay bye
What you just heard was M is for Metal from the Metal Worker album by Metal Mike. Cool. Great to talk with Metal Mike again. And great to talk with Zach Wild again. We met up with Zach during the day. Where was it? It was like some school or something, right, John? Yeah, it was called The Collective, and it was formerly known as The Drummer's Collective, but now they do more than just drums there. And it's a, it's a pretty cool place. It was down on uh, uh, between 14th and 15th Streets in Manhattan. And uh, it was a very cool place. A lot of musicians coming in and out. And uh, special thanks to Carol Kay and Rob Gill, uh, who helped us out in putting the interview together. And uh, it was really great. They they sent us away with like an entire catalog of like Zach stuff and Black Label stuff, which is yeah. very cool. Vinyl and CDs and DVDs. It was great. It was great. It was like Christmas morning in there. Yeah, and I even got some more when I went back. They did like a uh, a second part of it, which was a kind of like a almost like a press event where they had different people screening the video and listening to some tracks and Zach was talking and and uh, Brad Tolinsky from Guitar Guitar World magazine was there as the moderator and it was a uh, very very cool um and Zach was there and uh, you know who I saw and who I inter- I just said hello to but you know Who's that? Nick Bocott. Remember him from uh, no. <laughs> Grim Reaper guitar player? Oh yeah 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 of course of course very cool. Grim Reaper Cool. Well, we're going to get into some Black Label right now, and then we're going to come back, talk a little more, and then get into the interview with Zach. What do you got Black Label-wise, John? Let's hear Concrete Jungle from Shot to Hell, which is right when we started to hang out with Zach, so I always like that song. you just heard was a little black label society with zach wild here on talking metal john attended the concert you had a good time hanging out at the concert in uh, new york city where was it hammerstein yeah it was at hammerstein uh, it was really cool before the show i uh 
was hanging out with the drummer and checking out his practice kit where he had some DW9000 pedals. It was very cool. And he wants to come on Talking Metal, too, so we'll get him on very soon. And, Mark, you went to an amazing concert while I was away. I'm totally jealous. Black Sabbath. Tell us about it. Yeah, Black Sabbath was great. You know, there had been some clips circulating online from the Texas shows where Ozzy definitely sounded out of tune. Uh, I will tell you, as everybody else who was tweeting from the show and on Facebook from the show will also tell you, Ozzy was almost 100% in tune. I'd say 95% in tune throughout the whole show. I'm not making it up. Everybody always accuses me of defending Ozzy no matter what, which I'll admit to. But I'm not making it up. He was, he was right on uh, pitch-wise. Maybe one or two little areas where he strayed a little bit, but for, uh, what, a 66-year-old guy, he sounded great. Sounded came out, opened with war pigs. They did much more new material than was expected, at least than I was expecting. They even did a song off the, uh, the bonus CD, the Best Buy bonus CD that was included with 13 called uh, Methodemic, which we're going to play a little sound sample of later on on today's episode. So, uh, fun stuff, and always great to see Ozzy, Geezer, and Tony. Great stuff. Tommy sounded great, too. And Andrew W.K. did a DJ set where he DJed before the show, which was also a lot of fun. A lot of great songs. He even did uh, New York Groove by Ace in the, in the DJing set, and the crowd was all cheering for that. So, fun stuff. So, right now, John, why don't you take us into the Zach interview? Sounds great, Mark. Why don't we hear the song Desire by Ozzy Osbourne, of course, featuring Zach Wilde.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel along with John Astronomy of Talking Metal, and we have a very special guest, Zach Wild. We haven't seen you in a couple of years. How you been, man? I just can't wait to talk about metal. <laughs> we can't either. So, Zach, we're here today to talk about the new unblackened DVD and double CD. And I got a chance to check it out, and it's really amazing. I, I appreciate it. Uh, if you hear any of that noise in the background, um, that's a black label sweatshop we have here. And uh, we have them writing all the new hit songs for the next upcoming black label studio album. But next question. So here's the thing. Some people might hear Unblackened and think, what is this, an acoustic record? But it's not acoustic. It's full-on electric, but it's just some of the songs that uh, lend themselves to more of a less heavy vibe, right? Yeah, yeah, without doubt. I mean, you know, so some of the, uh, the obviously on the slower, you know, the mellower songs are just, uh, yeah, because you have electric solos and stuff like that, and there's some power chords and stuff like that. So uh, actually, like kind of like the renditions that are on the record, you know what I mean? So... <clears throat> as opposed to like a stripped down thing where I'm just sitting behind a piano and playing a song without the drums, strings, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, but it came about because we were doing, you know, we got approached to do another DVD with uh, Eagle and everything like that. And so we had Booze, Booze, and Broken Bone, you know, with the Detroit chapter. Then we did the Doom Trooping over Europe and everything like that. So instead of doing another heavy one, because, you know, our Black Label family's always just asking, they're like, going, when, are, when are you clowns going to? do like one of the mellow ones you know because we dig the mellow stuff but you guys only play like you know we'll do dime song live wheel the piano out and then do like uh just another mellow song you know spoken a wheel or something like that but then uh you know they're like when are you gonna do just like you know all, just an evening with the mellow stuff so that that's how that came about and that's why we that's why we put this thing together and this is two separate releases right it's a dvd and then CD release, yeah, right? Because, uh, you know, so you have one coaster for your beer and the other one for your shot of whiskey or whatever the hell else you're drinking, you know, to get blasted into oblivion while you stick this CD and DVD on and treat your body like the amusement park that it is. And is there any song difference uh, between the DVDs, like what songs are on the DVD and what songs are on the CD? It's just a, it's the live show, you know what I mean? So that's what it is. Very cool. Now, you know what I like about well, it? I, actually... On the CD, there's bonus tracks on the CD, actually, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, because what we ended up doing was, uh, you know, I did string, I arranged string parts, me, wow. myself, with the cello, the viola, and violins uh, for about a month on about 29 songs. And then, uh, but when we had the string quartet come down, <laughs> it was it was a disastrous black label disaster of Titanic, Hindenburg-esque proportions. I'm just saying... We're listening to this like a, basically a wedding quartet band trying to play to our stuff, and you know, if you took the sheet music away from like when there's improv stuff in the beginning or outros of some of the songs when I'm just soloing, they're like, oh, they "What do we what do, do here?" Do. Yeah, I, yeah, it was, they were like, and they're union guys, so that we only have them for two hours. And I'm like, we can stay for an extra hour or so, you know. Obviously, if you pay us another ten grand or whatever, it is. <laughs> and, and I go like this, I go, well, I go, guys, we. We don't need you for an extra hour or two hours. We need you for an extra, like, month and a half for you guys to learn all these songs properly, for us to record these. Things. I go forget about it. That's when we, I said Clance, you know, Derek Sherinian, you know, Father Clancy over there. I go, Derek, you're going to have to do all the string bits on this thing. You know what I mean? So they had the Mellotron, the Hammond, and all, you know, and obviously with those other keys that he could actually, you know, that had strings uh, pads in there. So that's how we worked our way around that thing. 
Very cool. You know, now the DVD starts out with a Pride and Glory track, and I like that this whole Unblackened project kind of spans your entire career. Yeah, well, it's got the... Uh because everybody always asks that, are you ever going to play any of the P&G stuff? Are you going to play the Book of Shadows stuff or whatever, you know? So, uh, and, you know, I mean, the thing is with Black Label, we got a, we have nine albums now, so we have enough material to, you know. I mean, we don't have as much of a problem as the Stones do, you know? I mean, with the 6,582 <laughs> songs, you know what I mean? But uh, and we have enough material to do. That's why we never end up touching, you know, uh, the P&G stuff or the Book of Shadows stuff. So, no, it was it was... It was actually cool playing a lot of those songs because I haven't played them since like '94 or whatever, you know. Right. So it, it was definitely cool. Cool, cool. And we also wanted to catch up on some of the other stuff you've been up to. You had a book that came out earlier this year, "Bringing Metal to Children." Can you talk a little bit about what that actually is? It's not your life story or anything. It's yeah. more like, well, I got, I, you know, a bunch of my buddies have written books, you know, like like autobiographies, which are way cool and everything like that. So you know. Uh, when we were talking about doing this book, I said, no, let's just write, like, you know, a George Carlin black label on steroids, ridiculous book, of, which isn't, I don't have to look for material because it's just living and breathing and being in the music business. So uh, there is, it's just, trust me, a plethora of material that just lands in your lap and you don't have to go searching for it. So, uh, yeah, it was just about writing about the ridiculousness of it. And then, you know, we were just talking about how, silly it is and then uh, when I w- we were just going well we got to stick some advice in there like what not to ever do because Uncle Zach tried it and it trust me it, it didn't work then and it won't work now so uh, you know we're just reliving those horrific experiences and going through the horror it's very therapeutic as we were just laughing our balls off the whole time we were you know writing the stuff I mean Eric were literally crying laughing when right. we were write- writing this book I literally like like when we tell the story when we were printing it I mean, literally crying when we were writing it. So uh, that's why I said the book just has to be that from the beginning to the end. Cool. And you're out in the road right now on Gigantor 2013. How, how are the shows going? We're having a blast. I mean, everybody, I mean, it, it, you know, it's super cool. Dave, you know, Father Father Mustaine invited us out on the thing so because we're having a blast. I mean, I'd, I'd always see Dave throughout the years, whether, you know, we're doing festivals or whatever like that, just running into him, you know, so uh, – it's cool, but we'd never done any shows together, so it was definitely cool to do that. And then, obviously, with Vincenzo over there, with Hell Yeah and the fellas, same thing with them. We've always done gigs with them, like a festival type of setting. And then Father Draymond, you know, we've seen Dave when, uh, on the OzFest and stuff like that. So, uh, and obviously, Father Newstead, I jammed with him with Ozzy, you know what I mean? So, uh, it was like one gigantic high school reunion, you know, dysfunctional high school reunion, no less. But, I mean, it's been a great time, man. Oh, and we saw you out on stage with Ozzy again last year, 2012. You did the Ozzy and Friends tour. I guess that was mostly in Europe, right? How, yeah. how did that go for you? That was great, man. You know, same thing. You know, seeing Slash again because I'm good buddies with Slash, and uh, I love him. He's, you know, so it was great seeing him and and the fellas. So, uh, no, like I said, that, once again, that was win-win as well. You know, and then get a chance to hang out with the boss and, and the rest of the fellas, you know. And you were even on stage with Axel a couple times back in 2011. We saw some clips of you doing a whole lot of Rosie, yeah, right? Yeah, no, that was way cool. Axel was like, Zach, you want to come up and jam? I said, yeah, what, what, what tune you want to do? He's like, well, what about, and I was like, because I saw they did a whole lot of Rosie or something like that. I go, well, let's do a whole lot of Rosie. I mean, I'm saying because, you know, we pretty much know that one. And there's only, I think there's about three chords involved in that song. So, you know, 
let's just stick with that and keep it simple. But uh, that that was a great time seeing him and and going out, you know, because I'm friends with all the guys in the band and stuff like that. So, like I said, it's always a good time when we get invited to go out and do these things. So one of the cool things about the uh, Unblackened DVD is that you you've added some musicians like Derek Sheridan on piano and and uh, Mellotron and all the other cool stuff. But one of the things I think is really cool is that when you're playing piano, Nick does some soloing, and I think it's really cool for the Black Label fans to hear you on piano with Nick doing some guitar solos. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's why I call him the Evil Twin because I mean, like when we have the double solos or anything, Nick can double everything I'm doing, or the solos that I'm not playing, Nick can do them. You know, he's not just a rhythm guy. You know what right. I mean? So he could solo and stuff like that, and he's got chops. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's that, that's what's awesome about having Nick in the band. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the pieces on the CD is you playing Chet Atkins, uh, uh, cl- like classical, and Derek, you guys are doubling oh, yeah, everything. Ball thing, yeah. You know, it's just well, you know, it's basically our love of Al Demiole and Chick Corea and all the guys in Return to Forever and all the fusion guys. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what that pretty much is. You know, I, I don't know if uh, I mean. The Black Label fans and the Zachwell fans know that you can pretty much play anything, but I don't know if everybody knows that you can do that fusion stuff too. Uh, well, yeah, well, that's why, I mean, I love that stuff. So, I mean, it's like, you know, obviously I started off with Elton John, then found Sabbath and Zeppelin and, you know, the Bad Company and Skinner and Almonds and all, you know, all the all classic rock and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, when playing guitar, obviously learning Sabbath and, you know, all my favorite stuff and then Randy and everything like that, then uh, my guitar teacher turned me on to, you know, as you're progressing, it's just like, oh, check out the, you know, that's when you start getting into fusion, you know, Al Demiola, John McLaughlin, and then Paco, and, you know, Alan Holdsworth, you start finding that about all these jazz guys and fusion guys. So, uh, you know, it was like, like some of my friends started getting into the punk thing or whatever, whether it's Black Flag and all, I, like, missed the boat on that because I was, I was too busy getting into the fusion thing, you know. That's killer stuff. You got to really have the chops to do that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's just a different type of thing, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, well, you know, all the guys I just mentioned, John McLaughlin, you know, Al Demiola, I mean, this is some of my favorite players, without a doubt. Now, you mentioned a guitar teacher. Did you have one specific teacher you studied with yeah, back when you were a kid? Right, when I was in Jersey, you know, so he's my football coach, uh, Mr. Wright. He was his son. <clears throat> he was about 10 years older than me. So, yeah, it was, it was great taking lessons from him, you know. So, yeah, because all his friends were amazing musicians, too. So when I'd end up sitting there watching him, he was, like, pretty much going to this place. Mm-hmm. Like, just seeing... To literally see it firsthand, you know, just like amazing guys playing, it was just mind blowing. Right. Now the uh, DVD has some not only well the the CD has the bonus tracks, but the DVD has bonus footage, and there's uh, a really cool interview with you. Uh, there's the the Pride and Glory video, but there's something else that's really cool. You went to a prison in in the UK, and I love it that you had those. Zach Wild, those small marshals, and uh, like a like a wall of the the little marshals, and you, and you played guitar and, and told stories. How was that, and how did that come about? Uh, no, it was a bunch of our buddies are, uh, you know, in law enforcement and stuff like that, Black Label Brothers. So, they, you know, I guess there was, was a bunch of guys that were going to be getting out, or, you know, on good behavior, and I guess they'd been in there for misdemeanors and stuff like that. But you know, just trying to turn their life around and everything like that. So, it was like, oh, Zach, would you mind coming down and just talking with the guys, jamming with them or something like that? You know, just. Uh, because the guys are really trying to turn things around or whatever. So, I was, yeah, no problem, man. So it's, it's, it's all positive and it's all win-win. So the guys are getting out and they just want to, you know, turn their lives around. And, you know, they know they messed up, but it's just like, uh, you know, fix things and get it get it together and get it right. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. 
without giving anything away because we want people to watch the the footage, there was a really funny story about Mark and uh, the guy was saying, "What are you stuttering?" And th- could you just set that up a little bit? Wait, which story are you talking about? It's the one where he, the guy goes, he goes, "I'm a cop," and, and I think Mark goes, "I don't care if you're a cop, I'm g- you're going to be laid out." A promoter or something like that, or a cop or something like that. He goes, "Yeah," and he's our, our tour manager, Mark, my brother-in-law. And he was just getting hot or whatever. And the guy goes, what are you, fucking stuttering or something? Because he was like, motherfucker, something like that, you know. And he goes, what? Just taking a piss, stuttering. He goes, I don't give a shit or whatever. He goes, if you're a fucking cop or not, I'm going to come down and break your fucking legs if you see him. And then we'll see who's fucking stuttering then. But it's, oh, yeah, it's fucking brutal, dude. But, yeah, dealing with promoters and all this bullshit is fucking comedy, man. You know, I, I never realized this, but it, do you have to watch when you're dealing with certain promoters in, in like, you know, other countries? That, I, I heard stories about, like, you know, people handing somebody the money and then, you know, five minutes later there's two guys that are going to take the money. Ever have anything like that happen? Well, no, it's just – but it, it's always – well, it's just like anything, you know. It really – it's like any other business or porn or, you know, like when you're watching, like, porn stars or something. You know, they'll just try and scam you on – you know, if they get – it's always one of those things where if you ask your parents or you're terrified to ask for 20 bucks, you know, when you're a kid and they go, and dad goes, ah, here's 40, here, go have a good time, you know, you never know until you ask, you know, but it's always a big scam, yep. you know, to try and scam some money off the top, you know, it just, put it this way, like I always say in the music business, it's, it's a big room full of stinking turds and shit everywhere, <laughs> so like when we go in that room, don't sit here and go, oh, it stinks in here. I know, I told you, there's, there's shit all over the place. <laughs> and you're going to sit here and fucking whining that it fucking stinks. It's just the fucking music business, dude. You know, so fucking roll your fucking sleeves up and black label patting the fuck up. And let's keep moving here. Oh. So, Zach, you're doing a show on Sirius now, right? Uh, yeah, we had the radio show. We're probably going to be sitting this one out. For this season, because I've been on the road and I couldn't do uh, the draft and everything like that for the fantasy draft for the Wild on Sports. But, uh, yeah, we did win the fantasy draft and we won the $5,000 check to go to St. Jude's. So, yeah, we are the champions and the Miz owes me that trophy. So that's that. And this is a sports show, not a music show, but do you do occasionally talk about music yeah, on the show? Guys, we talk about everything, whether it's music, uh, you know, whatever's going on in the news and stuff like that. And we talk about sports. So, I mean, whether we had the fantasy football draft, we'd be talking about baseball when, you know, with baseball season going on and everything like that. So, or whatever sport was going on, hockey, basketball, you know, anything like that. And what serious station is it on? Um, actually, i I got to look it up on my phone right now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that one in a second. I wanted to ask you, as a sports fan, your thoughts on the big A-Rod yeah. thing that's currently going on. Well, here, it's fantasy here. i got it right here. There you go, Wild on Sports. It was on uh, XM 87 and uh, Sirius 210. Cool. So, but, uh, no, I mean, well, with the A-Rod thing, yeah. I just thought it was kind of weird. I mean, didn't he just go through this like four years ago when the Yankees won the World Series? Remember, he came out and he said, I tried it for a while and, you know, it was wrong of me and I shouldn't have done it. He goes, but I, I just noticed it wasn't like making – my numbers weren't going up, and it wasn't like I was hitting the ball any further, so I just, like, stopped doing it. Maybe I wasn't even doing it right in the begin- to begin with. We weren't even taking the right stuff, so who knows if it was even phony. But he goes, uh, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on anything right now, so whatever. So, and it just seemed like it was over. Then it was like, oh, I guess he, he came out and he didn't lie, and now everyone's fine with that. Now, all of a sudden, now they're going after him again. So I, I don't understand it, dude. I really don't. Yeah. 
Like, put it this way. If he takes a piss test and a blood test right now and a hair sample and there's nothing in his system, then who the fuck cares? Right. Like, what what do we... Right. And and put it this way. Does anyone have any blood, hair, uh, or urine samples from whenever they thought he was taking it in 2001, 2002? It's like, no, we don't have any evidence. I go, well, then what the fuck? What are we... And then how can you put this guy in jail? You don't have the murder weapon. You don't have any blood. You don't have any evidence, no fingerprints. You don't have anything. OJ! Without a doubt. But what I'm just saying is, no, well, OJ, you had evidence. A-Rod, they have no evidence. No, you don't have any evidence on my guy. I'm just saying if I'm the agent, I go, what do you have on my guy? Whether it's Mark McGuire or whether it's Sammy Sosa or whatever, and it's like, oh, well, you know, we hear that they're taken. I go, well, that's fine. You can hear. And, and you know what else I heard? I heard A-Rob robbed two banks, and he also was, you know, uh, he was involved with, the, you know, the Titanic disaster. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's like, well, he wasn't even born then. It's like, well, I heard. Yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, like, no, but what concrete proof do you have? I mean, do you have proof that Pete Rose was gambling on, you know, we have to have proof of him filling out forms or slips or actually putting money uh, against his team or whatever. You can't just say that he's betting on baseball. Yeah. Well, I heard. You know, I saw him. It's like, do you have a picture of him doing it? No. But I saw him. Well, then go fuck yourself. I, you don't have any proof. Then no, I, I just don't understand it. I, I really don't understand what the fuck's going on. Because they don't have any proof. They, 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 they can't go, oh, in 2001, we have blood samples from him and urine samples, and we have a hair analysis. And he was on steroids. He was taking Deco, Winstrel. He was taking growth hormone. He was ta- it's like, all right, well, have him take a blood test right now. It's like, he did. There's nothing in him. I go, then why are we even having this conversation? I this is, like, ridiculous, man. Yeah, he he, he appealed so he can still play until the whole appeal process. Yeah, he played last yeah, night in Detroit, all, right? Yeah, yeah but it, it's like ridiculous, though. I'm like, what proof do you have? It could what? be worse. It could be Jordani Ralston on the Mets who admitted to taking steroids, is busted, fined for the 200 and something games, and he had a fucking 188 batting average. How do you take steroids and still yeah. have a 188 batting? At least if you're going to do the shit, uh, let it work, you know? Uh, you know. No, but, I mean, steroids aren't going to help you hit a baseball. True. Barry Bonds, the only thing that did it for Barry Bonds, if they're saying Barry Bonds was all jacked up, is it just made him stronger. So, But he still has to hit the ball. Right. He's still got to have the eye coordination to hit yeah, the ball. So basically what would have happened is that a lot of the shots maybe would have been warning track shots as opposed to 20 feet over the fence. So, But he is still making contact with the ball. So you can't take that away from them. So, you know, whatever. Dude. I, I mean, I just think if they're going to, at this point, let, let all the guys be under a doctor's supervision and so they're not killing themselves and they're doing it legally and everyone has the option to do it if they want or not. Because you know what? You're eating clean. You're taking, uh, you know, you're getting adequate rest. You're lifting weights. You're eating the proper foods. You're, you're not eating McDonald's every day. And you're... You're eating clean and you're eating protein shakes and you're taking all your vitamins and supplements and everything you can to improve your performance. So I would just I would just lump the steroids in there with the dosages that your doctor would give you, like testosterone. How you can get, you know, when you're 60 years old, you're taking testosterone shots right. to increase your testosterone levels for well-being. So what, is that going to be illegal? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, if it's under a doctor's supervision, the doctor's making sure... Your liver isn't flying out of your body, and, you know, you're not going to die of a heart attack. 
it's like, what's I, I, I don't understand the problem. So, and then, you know, once the guys are done playing, they could, you know, they got the option to go, oh, I don't even take anything anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's like Arnold, after he, after he was competing in the Mr. Olympia, he's done. He's not roiding anymore. I don't need to because yeah. I don't need to be 265 pounds anymore. You know? I mean, I, I can't wait till they drug test the NFL. There right, will be yeah. no NFL. <laughs> It'll be gone because even the field goal kickers are probably jacked up so they can get an extra 15, 20 yards on the field goal. It, it's not that they have to be benching 650 right. or look as big as a middle linebacker. It's like, dude, no way the kicker's saying He goes, yeah, because he was usually kicking 48-yard field goals. Now he's back up. He can kick about a 59, you know, 60-yard field goal. Take him off the roids. He's back down to about a 48-yard field goal. So what do you think a field goal kicker is going to do? Right. He's going to take him. Hey, keep his job. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, I, you know, whatever, dude. I, I, I really don't understand. I just think it's really silly. And, and, and I, I just think it's like, then if you're going to test everybody, test everybody at the beginning of the month and the middle and the end of the month. Three blood tests yeah. every month. Right. So you really want to clean the sport up, but they don't want to do that. Right. Because that means everyone in the sport will be out. We won't have a sport. So that's why I think it's such bullshit that you go after Mark McGuire because he's a big dude. You know, he is lifting weights still, and he's still eating like a horse, and he's still doing everything that you would do if you were a professional bodybuilder. Right. So enough of the bullshit, you know what I mean? And Mark's still got to hit the ball. Yeah. Oh, you know, steroids will not help you hit a baseball. That's flat out, dude. <laughs> exactly. So, Zach, one of the things we wanted to talk about is the deluxe edition that you can get through the website. Tell us about that. Uh, well, what's the deluxe edition? What do you got going in there now? What new crap yeah. are you sticking in the DVD. The, the Viagra, the CD, the Cialis, <laughs> the necklace, the necklace, yes. yeah. the photo book. Oh, the photo book. Oh, that Dustin jacked it. Okay. For all the Buffalo Bills fans. Oh, so Preparation H. Well, there you go. We're always thinking health first. Cool, man. <laughs> Guys, we will have links up where you can pre-order this stuff and buy this stuff on the. Uh, site talkingmetal.com in the show notes for this episode so definitely go visit there and we'll link you right over to the unblackened dvd and cd yes there was another guy that was involved greg in the unblackened yeah, and uh, in, tell us about him greg uh greg's in jd's band and he's the lead singer in a cycle of pain so you know that's why i said we all just keep it in house and everything like that it's just like jd why don't we Ask Greg if he wants to do background vocals on it. And, like, in certain parts when I have doubled, you know, when I double my vocal on the records and stuff like that, we'll get Greg to double me and then do the harmonies. So it worked out great. Greg did a great job, man. Did you know Derek back when, you know, you were living in Jersey when you were in high school? I met Derek, like, early on with Ozzy because he was, he was oh. playing with uh, Alice Cooper at the time. And, but also I think Derek, he's a Berkeley guy as well. And J.D.'s right. a Berkeley guy. So I've known each other since then. And so it's like uh, – yeah, we've it was just one gigantic brother, and you know we've known each other forever. Did you know Derek up at the Berkeley? Because uh, yeah, we knew, we knew J. JD because Mark and I went to Berkeley. Yeah, and we knew Derek's a Berkeley guy too. I don't know when he Totally. Cool. So let's talk about when the DVD and CD are coming out. Uh, September is it? September twenty fourth. Yeah. Cool. So guys, look for the new unblackened DVD and CD, two separate packages. Yes, uh, one. One supports my uh, – the DVD supports my uh, Viagra uh, habit, and the CD supports my Cialis habit. So if you, if you can get both, the wife will be extremely happy. Thank you. 
<laughs> Speaking of, of your wife, the, the video she did with I'm Shatner. I'm just keeping it honest. <laughs> the oh, video yeah, she yeah, did with Shatner, yeah. that was one of the best laughs I had all year. That was did, that was the, great the stuff. About, yeah, about her uh, having uh, some oral delights with with uh, Captain Kirk. Yes, it was. It was her, when she was putting his phaser to fun. But uh, yeah, I set your phaser to fun. I, actually, when we when they did the rose, when I saw that. That was the first time I had seen that as well. I had no idea she did it. So they, I was laughing my balls off. I was crying. I was like tearing. It was so funny. Coming up, wiping her mouth, and then, she, you know, Father Shatner going, hey, Barbara Ann, you can go back down there and finish the job. <laughs> we will link that video through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Zach, well, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. We we love hanging with you, and we love jamming with you, and uh, you're part of the Talking Metal family, and we feel like we're part of the Zach Wild Black Label family. Hands down. And thanks a lot for having me. Thank you.
That was Losing Your Mind by Pride and Glory featuring the one and the only Zach Wild. Uh, yeah, that was a great interview with Zach. It was really cool to hook back up with him. And Zach was in a great mood as usual. Great, great. And guys, as I mentioned at the very top of the show, we now have sponsors. Please support those sponsors. They're the way you're going to keep us alive here on Talking Metal. The other ways you can do it is by purchasing a T-shirt in the store section on TalkingMetal.com, giving us a like on our Facebook page, using the iTunes links in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Those open up your iTunes, take you directly to the songs that you're hearing on today's episode. And we, of course, get a cut back on, on those purchases. And also the Amazon link. Somewhere someone right now is about to make a purchase on Amazon. Before you go to Amazon.com, just go to Talking Metal. Use our Amazon links to open your, to take you to Amazon. And then just search the product you want to purchase. It doesn't matter what it is. You won't be charged any additional money for using our site to, you know, as a portal to Amazon. Uh, And uh, we get a little kickback on that. Actually, a pretty decent kickback. So please... Support Talking Metal by using our Amazon links. You'll find those in today's show notes for for this episode. Right now, we'll end with Methodemic, a track which I heard Black Sabbath play in their set last Sunday in New Jersey. It sounded great, and it is uh, on the bonus CD that if you get the deluxe version of 13, the new Black Sabbath record, you will get this song. It's kind of interesting they were playing a song off the the bonus CD. Uh, It is really wild because usually at live shows, the bands want to play like their most popular songs. And here is a song that, you know, not everybody's going to have because it's on a bonus CD. Yeah, true. And it's a great song. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of Heaven and Hell. Uh, uh, Most of the songs on 13... I, to my ears, have this old-school Sabbath sound. Whereas this song, uh, it, it has some of that, but it also has a more modern feel to me, um, as the Heaven and, last Heaven and Hell record did, the devil, the devil You Know. So let's check this out right now. Methodemic, Ozzy, Geezer, and Tony with Brad on drums on this one. Brad, of course, did not do the uh, live show with them. 